there, and welcome to the Simply Living for Him podcast. I'm Karen DeBuse from Simply Living for Him. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Simply Living for Him podcast. On this podcast, I talk about all things simple, whether it's life out here on our little hobby farm, how I keep it simple in my homeschool, or you'll always just hear a lot about Jesus. Because I truly do believe the remedy for clutter and chaos in our world is Jesus. The more we desire him, the less we naturally desire the things of this world, and the easier it is to live more simply. So welcome back to the podcast. I missed a week last week life got in the way. Um, And I wanted to let you know, though, if I do not post a podcast on Friday, as usual, you can now also find a podcast in the middle of the week. Every Tuesday, I am uploading one of my devotionals to the podcast, just these little midweek pieces of encouragement. They're like five to 10 minutes long. um, And I've been doing devotionals via video on my YouTube channel back since March and those videos I'm now uploading to the podcast because I thought you know what everybody doesn't watch videos and I have all these devotionals that I've recorded so I've just been uploading them to the podcast midweek to provide you a little bit of encouragement uh, during your week so you can find those every week right here on the podcast. Before we start today's topic, I want to thank my podcast sponsor, Apologia. Apologia is an amazing Christian publishing company. We've used their homeschool curriculum for many, many, many years, practically our entire 15 years of homeschooling. You can find all their great products at Apologia.com. They also have some great free resources, some downloads that you can um, look at for your kids, or if you're just thinking about homeschooling for you as the mom, you can look at them. There's also, I believe, an election resource, which would be an amazing download right now since we are just a few weeks away from an election. So go check it all out at Apologia.com. I also want to remind you that the Simply uh, Living for Him devotional is available on Amazon, as well as my brand new homeschooling book, The Simple Homeschool Journey, Building a Family and Not Just a Transcript. Both of those are um, available on Amazon, as well as my other homeschooling books called Home and Real Homeschool, uh, Real Homeschool, and also my e-courses. I have a Bible-based homeschooling e-course, as well as an e-course called Simplify Your Homeschool. Those are on sale right now for just $20 each, which is a huge savings. You can find the links in the show notes, or you can go to simplylivingforhim.com for all the information on my books and my e-courses as well. So today I wanted to talk about this topic of distraction. We are a distracted society. I don't think anyone out there would disagree with that. As a whole, I believe that we are living very distracted. It's funny because Simply Living for Him is now over 10 years old. I started uh, writing at Simply Living for Him. It was originally a homeschooling little blog probably about 12 years ago, and then I changed it over to Simply Living for Him. And in the beginning, I was really just writing about my simple tips for homemaking and my simple tips for homeschooling. And, you know, I was a little house on the prairie girl at heart. And I just, you know, love to write about simple recipes and simple homeschooling and simple, you know, homemaking. And over the years, it's really evolved because, you know, simplifying to me is about so much more than just like, you know, 
warm and fuzzy, here's some ideas to live more simply. It's really about getting to the heart. And, you know, what I say at the beginning of each show is, um, I believe the remedy for clutter and chaos is Jesus. The more we desire him, the less we naturally desire the things of this world and the easier it is to live more simply. So over the years, simply living for him has really evolved really into much more of a faith-based um, uh, ministry now. And I minister to women at my Simply Living for Him online women's community. Uh, we do Bible studies and we talk about different ways to get in the Word and we're learning how to study the Word and we're in the Word together because I really believe my passion is to help people get rid of distractions by focusing on Jesus. Because I truly believe that the more Jesus you have in your life, the less you will be distracted. Just like I say, the, the less you'll desire the things of this world. And the things of this world quite often are what distract us, right? And so over the years, Simply Living for Him has really evolved. Um, I used to always think, you know, that life was so complicated. And why does it have to be complicated? You know, let's just live for Jesus and things will be easy. And I will tell you, in the past decade, since I've been writing and speaking and ministering and sharing the message of living simply and getting rid of distractions, I feel like this culture has only become exponentially more distracted. So I believe my message is needed now more than ever. And, you know, I always believe that, um, as I say, the remedy for clutter and chaos, which, you know, clutter and chaos are a distraction. I always say that the more we desire God and the more we are in his word and the more we are walking with him, the easier it is to focus on him. The less clutter we will have in our lives, the less chaos we will have in our lives, the less distractions we will have in our lives because we are solely fixed on him. Is it easy? No, I'm right there with you. I get distracted all the time. And the things that distract me might be very different from the things that distract you. I would say many of the common things that distract us are worries, whether you are a worrier about finances. One of the distractions for me can often be worry about finances. Um, I'm going to talk to you in a minute about what the Lord is really teaching me on that one lately. Um, but, you know, um, worrying about health for years, I would so have anxiety over my health, my kids' health, my husband's health, you know, all those things. Um, God has really, really delivered me from that. Um, worry about, you know, whatever it is, your children's future, um, you know, just everybody has different things. Uh, another distraction can be, you know, chasing after the wrong things, like feeling like you must have stuff to um, be successful or you must have stuff to um, to make yourself feel content or satisfied, you know. There's always those people that need a bigger house, a better house, and then they get into that house and five years later, you know, they're, I need a bigger house and a better house. And then they move and five years later, you know, there's something else like that um, dissatisfaction with life and with things is very distracting. It's a very distracted way to live, to constantly be in a state of um, 
dissatisfaction or looking for, you know, um, pleasure and contentment in things. You know, I'll be happy when I have a bigger house. I'll be happy when I have a better job. I'll be happy when my husband is who I want him to be. I'll be happy when my kids obey. I'll be happy when I lose 50 pounds. I'll be happy when, I mean, the list goes on and on and on. But really, those are distractions because the Bible says we have all we need in Jesus. And so our contentment and our satisfaction should be there already. And the other things are just kind of added in, right? The, the other things are, you know, I've always said this, how we live and what we do and the things we desire, if we're, if we're you know, desiring a better, bigger house or, you know, lose 50 pounds, all those things, or if we are, you know, um, dissatisfied in things and, you know, we're kind of negative because we're feeling like, oh, I don't have what I want. How we live, our decisions that we make, the things we chase after in our lives, the way we treat others, our attitudes, our actions, our behaviors, every single moment, every single second of our life, every single thing we do is a direct outflow of our relationship with the Lord. So it's very easy to become distracted if that isn't really happening, if you're not keeping God at the center. So if your relationship with the Lord is one that is, you know, on Sunday mornings or when you, you know, the novelty of a new Bible study, you get into it and a few weeks into it, you're no longer into it. Or, you know, um, you go to midweek service on Wednesdays and, you know, that those are things you do because of your relationship with the Lord. Those aren't the things that determine your relationship with the Lord, right? You, your relationship with the Lord is determined through what the Bible says, that you are, uh, that he lives in you and you're walking with him and you're seeking him first. And so it's not like going to church on Sunday and doing a Bible study are Um, the things that make you a good Christian, they are probably the evidences of. And so we're going to talk about this idea of living wholeheartedly. Because if you are truly wholeheartedly seeking the Lord and following him, you're going to be far less distracted in your life. Are you feeling distracted these days? I know for many of us, I mean, I would say probably 99.999% of my listeners would agree. The internet distracts us because, you know, I have, I have a whole, I think I have a whole podcast on this. I know I've talked about this before. We are not meant to be omniscient, right? God is all knowing. We are not meant or created to know everything. And right now, these days, the information overload is beyond distracting. I mean, for somebody like me who has a hard time turning their brain off as it is, like I literally wake up and I start having tons of thoughts and through, I can't even explain how my brain works. Like my brain is constantly on 10. I'm constantly, I don't want to say analyzing like in a bad way, but like thinking about things or, and it, I mean, I'm always thinking about like the things of God. I am. I'm always thinking about like I have questions or, um, you know, I, I wonder things or I'm you know, 
uh, thinking about those things. But besides that, then I'm also thinking about the everyday things, right? And so I'm constantly, I will constantly have my mind on go. And I have to literally like write things down because I will forget. There's just so much in my mind that I'll have a thought. And then three weeks later, I'm like, oh, what was that thing I was thinking about? You know, like I want it back. I, I need somebody to invent an app that literally downloads my brain. Although I probably wouldn't have enough storage on my computer, seriously, to download my brain. So somebody like me who already is on 10, when I'm on the internet, my, my brain's ready to implode, quite frankly, because I've already got all my own thoughts that I'm thinking about. And then I start, you know, seeing all this other stuff. <clears throat> so it's really hard for me. Um... But we are not meant to know it all, right? I'm not meant to know what a little girl that I uh, went to grammar school with is eating for lunch today. I'm not meant to know what an acquaintance that I worked with 20 years ago is doing with her child today, right? So there's all that stuff that like we, we just are bombarded with all of this information and then add into it 2020, right? And the headlines and all the news and all the stuff that is going on in the world. And it's not like it used to be like stuff was going on in the world and you saw it on the seven o'clock news and you turned it off. It is constant. It is like a constant bombardment. And for me lately, as much as I tell myself, like I don't need to know what's going on 24 hours a day. You know, I can check my phone at this time and then I'll check it again later. For me, I'll be honest with you. It's hard. Like I have the pull of like, I want to know what's going on. I want to know if anything new, you know, not really what's going on. Like I said, with people and what they're eating for lunch, like headlines and things like that. And I'm sure many of you feel the same, but we are not meant to be bombarded. God is all knowing, right? It's amazing what the internet can do for us. And I, you know, like that we can literally know what's going on in real time around the world, up and down, everywhere. And so I wonder about what that does to our brains. But I also wonder what that does to our soul. Because talk about living distractedly, right? I mean, you are constantly bombarded with information. So unless we are living wholeheartedly for God, we are going to get distracted. We are going to. And I know myself, when I am in the word and I am like, you know, communing with the Lord in that intimate time where I'm reading the word and I'm praying and I'm talking to him and I do not desire to get on the internet and I really don't care what anyone's eating for lunch and I don't care what's going on around the world because I know the absolute truth of God's word in that moment and I'm communing with the one who created it all. I don't need to go and read the latest headline because I know that I am communicating with our creator. And so you know, when we talk about distraction, it's just like we don't even realize like our everyday lives, we, we, it's become normal for us to be consumers of information. It's become normal for us to be consumers of stuff. It's become normal for us to be wanting more things. You know, our world has glorified coveting left and right. The and coveting, it's, it's a commandment that we are not to covet. We are not to desire what is not ours. We are not to desire what somebody else has, right? And what that's literally, we live in a culture that glorifies coveting because that's how people make money. HGTV, how does it, how does it work? It works by getting you to covet because you want that house. You want that stuff. 
That's how the internet works too. It, uh, Pinterest and Instagram and all these things, the visuals make you want more. And guess what it does for your soul? It makes you distracted and discontent and it makes you take your eyes off the Lord because now you're chasing after pleasure in the things of this world. When we are following God wholeheartedly with our whole heart, mind, soul, we are so content in him that then we look at everything through that lens. I don't need to go, you know, playing around on Pinterest because I got all I need in Jesus. Or yeah, it's fun to look at things, but like I don't get dissatisfied when I go there and say, oh, I don't have that or I don't have that because we know what God says. Do not covet. We can admire and say like, oh, that's a really cool thing. Oh, that's a beautiful home. Oh, that's a great recipe. <laughs> like all these things. But what our, what happens to our society is it's not admiration. It is coveting. I want that. Oh my goodness, my house stinks. I want what I want that house online. Or, you know, my children don't look so well behaved like those, you know, families I'm seeing on the homeschool sites. And then we get down and out. Uh, and, you know, like this used to be me when as a homeschooling mom early on. I was literally depressed because I didn't have a homeschooling room that looked like everybody else's. And my kids weren't smiling all day like everybody else's on the Internet. And, you know, maybe my kids weren't doing as well in their studies. And here I was a failure because we didn't look like they looked on the Internet. I mean, do you realize how silly that sounds if you think about it? But this is what our culture has completely distracted us and uh, made us seek after the wrong things. Matthew 6.33 says, seek first the kingdom of God, right? And seek first his righteousness. And then all these things will be given to you. And you all know that's what I live and breathe by, that verse. Do I get distracted still? Absolutely. I'm not going to sit here and pretend I have it all together and, you know, I figured it all out because that will happen only when I get to heaven. But I do know that these are very real struggles for me and for many. And have I gotten better over the years? Absolutely. And do not, do I know why I've gotten better? Absolutely. The more time I spend with God, the less time I want to spend with worldly things. The more time I spend in his word, the less time I really care what's going on in the world. And I'm not, I, I don't want, that sounds wrong. I don't mean I don't care what's going on in the world. I absolutely care what is going on in the world right now. But my point is I don't obsess over it, right? I know that this world is not my home. And that God has a plan, even when things look crazy, which they do right now, I have to rest in the fact that God is in control. Do I do my part to help lessen the crazy in the world? Absolutely. But I really believe that the biggest thing I can do right now to lessen the crazy, because I'm not going to go changing the world by anything, only God can, and he will when he's ready, <clears throat> He'll return. Praise the Lord. Someday he'll return. <laughs> but, you know, I, I posted about this today. We're not probably going to change anyone's mind. Only God can change their hearts, which will then change their minds. So my job is to point people to Jesus. Because right now it's just become a screaming match between people. I'm not going to change anyone's mind until God changes their heart and then God changing their heart will change their mind. And so, you know, we spend an awful lot of time being distracted about worrying what everybody else is believing and it's not in line with us and we need to call it out and we need to shout about it on the internet. And guess what? 
Matthew 6.33 says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And I believe that our purpose here on earth is to build the kingdom. You know what Satan wants? He doesn't want us to build the kingdom. Why would he want us to build the kingdom? So you know what he does? He has us yelling at people and arguing with people over our stuff. He has us seeking after all the earthly pleasures. He has us focusing on this world like we are here forever. And we're distracted. And instead of telling people about Jesus and living out a life that reflects his light when you don't even have to say his name, I really believe walking the Christian life, you would reflect Jesus to the entire world without even saying his name. I still want you to say his name and I still want you to tell people about Jesus. But my point is people will be drawn to, you know, as it says in the um, scriptures that we have this aroma. Christians have the sweet smelling aroma. I remember the very first girl I met that was a true, true Christian told me about Jesus. I just, I just wanted, I wanted to know her because she was just so radiant and she was overflowing with Jesus's love. And so when we are living undistracted and we are spending time with him and we are filled up with his spirit and we go out into that world, we're showing others Jesus and we're building the kingdom. We need to be focused on building the kingdom. Satan will want nothing more than Christians who are distracted because, like I said, they're not going to be worrying about the kingdom. They're going to be worrying about themselves and their earthly comforts and their latest thing going on. And that's right where he wants us. And so I want you to think about that in your everyday life. When you feel like you're really getting distracted, like stop and say, no way, Satan. I live for Christ. I don't live for the things of this world. I don't live for all this earthly stuff. I live for him. And get in your word. That's where the battle is won. In your word, filled with the spirit. And then the rest take cares of itself. If right now as Christians, oh my goodness, at the time that we're in, it is craziness, right? If as Christians right now, we all stopped posting on Facebook, stopped worrying about what's going to happen, stopped being angry about everything that's going on, and I'm not saying there aren't things to be angry about. There are. I get it. But if we just stopped and spent that amount of energy in the Word, praying, seeking the Lord, wholeheartedly, I believe you would see mountains move in this world by the power of God. But we, we want to take everything into our own hands. We want to get out there on the internet and share every article we can about our opinion, every statistic we can. We want to get into meme arguments with people. I mean, really, memes aren't going to win over anybody. It starts in the heart. And so this idea of wholeheartedly, it's mentioned so many times in the Bible. I'm actually doing a Psalm 119 Bible study with my women in the Simply Living for Him online women's community. It is an amazing time that we're having studying Psalm 119. 
we are halfway through that psalm and we've seen pretty much every week, you know, this aspect of wholeheartedly. And you know what that means? That means you follow God in all areas of your life. You know, your whole heart, your and your heart meaning like your your deepest soul, your deepest who God created you to be. And in your mind, you you are following him not just in knowledge, like, yeah, I know what the Bible says. And then you go out and live however you want. Or I know what the Bible says. I don't really have to read it. It's not just reading it. That would be reading a book for knowledge's sake. The reason we read it is, yes, to gain knowledge. But then there's this whole aspect of godly wisdom that comes through the power of the word because, or of the spirit, because the word is alive and active and living and transfer and transforming. And so... It's not just reading a book to learn about God. It's reading a book to be filled with God, right? And so, you know, this idea of wholeheartedly and and knowing with your mind and your heart and, and, and every part of you. I mean, it says there in the Bible, we are to love the Lord our God with our whole heart mind, soul, strength. This is the most important thing we can do. And so it's not about just doing the things on the outside to look like you're doing them wholeheartedly because, you know, you're not going to fool God. Your heart has to truly, truly desire to follow him. And something that we've been talking about a lot in Psalm 119 in our Bible study, you know, apart from his spirit, you are not going to choose to follow him. Left to our flesh, the flesh desires the flesh, but the spirit desires the things of the spirit. And so when you are walking with him, reading his word, being filled up on the spirit, it just builds on itself. You want to be with him more and more and more because the spirit desires the spirit. You know, the flesh desires the things of the flesh, but the spirit desires the things of the spirit. And so wholeheartedly following him. I want you to write that down this week and I want you to post it somewhere where it will distract you from your everyday life. I want you to post it on little sticky notes if you need to, on your mirror, on your computer. Hey, put it on your phone, put it on your lock screen. Put it at your car, like on the car radio or something. Put it in places where you frequently are. Put it next to your coffee pot, next to your teapot, you know, whatever it is. Because I want you to be distracted enough to remember, wait, I want to be distracted by God. Like, I want you to see that word wholeheartedly so that you can be brought back from whatever distraction is distracting you. If it's the distraction of busyness in your schedule, like, oh, there's so many things to do. There's so many things to do. So many of us get so distracted by all the things to do. But are we doing them in God's strength? Are we doing them wholeheartedly out of an outflow of our relationship with God? Your schedule, your daily schedule will directly reflect your relationship with the Lord. Where you spend your time will show your relationship with the Lord. You know, the things that you do every, like I said, every moment of your day is a reflection 
of your relationship with the Lord. And if you're running around distracted, which then often will cause like negativity and complaining and, you know, fatigue and weariness, those are red flags that you're not following him wholeheartedly. Because when you're following him wholeheartedly, you're going to have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control. The fruits of the spirit are going to be outflowing from you no matter what the circumstances are. When the circumstances around you are chaotic and, you know, feeling like very like you're distracted or just, you know, very chaotic and you're following God wholeheartedly, those circumstances cannot defeat you. You can still have joy. You can still have love and kindness and patience and self-control and all those things because you are wholeheartedly following him. God does not want divided hearts. It's very clear in the Bible about this. He doesn't want us divided. In fact, it says in Matthew 6, no one can serve two masters. You cannot serve God wholeheartedly and the earth at the same time or this world at the same time. If you're following God wholeheartedly, the things of this earth are, or of this world, I should say, are put into their proper perspective. The election's put in its proper perspective. The virus is put in its proper perspective. All the crazy headlines are put in their proper perspective. All the problems of the day, whether it's money problems, health problems, family problems, relationship problems, they're put in their proper perspective because you have the truth of God's word to handle every single one of those things. So why are we all distracted these days? Because that's where the enemy wants us. Because he doesn't want us to seek the kingdom of God first. And he certainly doesn't want us to build the kingdom of God. So when you wholeheartedly follow him, you are going to eliminate so many distractions from your life. Because see, distractions cause such a negative uh thing in our lives they cause us like I said weariness they cause us um overwhelm I know I get overwhelmed some days I would describe that feeling often I get overwhelmed I've often said when I'm overwhelmed I feel like I'm drowning and guess what then I remember the story in um in Matthew where where uh Peter is is it Matthew Matthew or Mark I'm sorry I'm having a little brain spasm there um, where Peter walks on the water and you know he is so fully wholeheartedly trusting the Lord in that moment that he's doing the supernatural he's walking on water he's doing it in complete submission surrender and faith trusting the Lord and guess what he gets distracted he gets distracted by the wind and the waves and the storm that's surrounding him that's a beautiful picture of us these days. You know, those moments when you're in the word and you're listening to Jesus and you're listening to his voice above all the noise that is swirling around you, nothing can get you. You can walk on water. You can supernaturally tune out all of those things. Or maybe Peter didn't tune them out. Maybe he was well aware. I believe he was well aware of what was going on around him. But Jesus... His eyes were on Jesus, and he knew that Jesus was giving him the ability to walk on water. But then he looked at the wind and the waves, 
and he got afraid. He got distracted. He looked away from Jesus. See, life can swirl around us, and we can be perfectly aware that we're in a storm. But if our eyes are on Jesus, we can get through it. But when we take our eyes off of Jesus and we're like, but wait, but wait, I'm worried about this thing, or wait, you know, this person's saying this thing, we are not wholeheartedly keeping our eyes on Jesus. You can't have one eye on Jesus and one eye on the waves and the wind. Because just taking one eye off of Jesus, you will sink. And Peter did. But I love, love, love that after he sunk into the water, he quickly realized and, and he repented. He said, Lord, save me. And Jesus rebuked. He said, you have little faith, but I love it. He did not leave him there to drown. He will not leave you to drown in your overwhelm. He will pull you out. I'll tell you, hey, keep your eyes on me. Don't have such a little amount of faith. And you know, and, and Peter recognized he needed to call out to Jesus to get out of that water. Just like we do. And you know, if you look at Mary and Martha, it's in Luke 10. Look up Mary and Martha and remind yourself of the story. You know, at the end, he tells uh, Martha, you worried about all these other things. You know, he's basically telling her, you were distracted by all of these things. And Mary chose the best to sit at my feet and listen. Mary was wholeheartedly seeking the Lord. She wanted to sit at his feet and hang on every word he said. Meanwhile, Martha's like, but what about this? And what about that? And I'm doing this and I'm doing that. And Jesus tells her, Mary, Mary. I mean, Martha, Martha, you have chosen, you know, Mary has chosen the better thing. You know why it was the better thing? Because it's what mattered. It was his voice that was speaking. And Jesus wants us to listen wholeheartedly. Not just to pretend we're listening. Like, you know, I'm sure Martha was... uh acting like she was thrilled to have Jesus in the house. That's why she was doing all the stuff. But he says, Mary chose the better to sit and listen. It's not that Martha was doing anything wrong by trying to uh, prepare the home and do, you know, do the things. But her, her, she was placing importance on those things. Like those things needed to be done in order to have Jesus in her house. And Mary realized that she didn't need to do a thing for Jesus to be in her house. She just needed to sit and listen. Oh, boy, do I want to be like Mary. Don't you? Don't you want to live like that? To live in a posture of sitting at his feet, which, by the way, is a, is a, um, a direct relation that that posture of sitting at his feet is, shows that that's what people did for a master, so it shows that she saw him as her master. She knew this is where I belong at my master's feet. Imagine if we lived every day like that. If we lived every day just so excited to sit at Jesus's feet. And I, I just, I was thinking about this before. I think I mentioned in the beginning, I said, I'm going to tell you about it in a little bit. Well, I'm going to tell you about it. 
this week, uh, some you know, a lot of times for me, I struggle with finances. Uh, since the beginning of our marriage, we've been not 20 years now, and God has never not provided. But <laughs> since the beginning of our marriage, we had financial struggles. Steve lost his job three times. Twice when I was pregnant, once with my firstborn, once with my secondborn, and then another time after my fourth. Um, and so I guess, you know, it's hard to overcome that worry when you've gone through a lot of financial difficulties. Now we have a daughter in college. We have another one next year. We don't know what he's doing yet, but you know, if it's college, like I can get extremely overwhelmed. Like, oh my goodness. And, you know, I've talked about it in my Simply Living for Him community. I absolutely love what I do. My ministry and my family, uh, homeschooling my family is, first of all, my number one priority. I have no shame in being a homemaker or a housewife. And those are a calling. And I believe that, you know, that is a very important work. But, you know, you don't get paid, as we all know. And then I run my ministry, which to me, I know I'm called to do. I absolutely love it. But I'll tell you this much. I'm not rich. <laughs> not rich on my ministry. That's for sure. You know, if anything, it, it's it's hard. It's a struggle to keep the ministry going. And sometimes I'm like, you know what? I just need to go get a real job. Like, this is crazy. You know, finances are tight and God keeps telling me, no, you don't. No, you don't. I will provide. You do what I called you to do. And he really like convicted this, uh, t- convicted me of this just recently. And I was like, so filled up with joy at like, so what if, you know, I could go get a real job and have, you know, provide for the finances, but that's not what I'm called to do right now. And yes, simply living for him, you know. It, um, my, my speaking and my writing, sure, those things, you know, provide some income, but I guarantee you, I'm telling you, I'm not rich here. Uh, you know, but the, all, like the ministry also costs a lot of money. And I talk about this in my community because I run the community for free. I feel very convicted to do that. Yet I teach Bible studies and I, you know, it's hours and hours of work, but I love what I do. And I can't imagine charging for it, like a membership fee. So I run it by donation and I trust God to provide. But it costs money to, to run a community. It costs a lot of time. Um, and, you know, it costs money to run a podcast and have a website and all these things. But I still believe that this is what I'm called to do. And so I can get very distracted and be like, oh, my goodness. And it's like I said, this happened to me recently. I asked the ladies in the community to pray for me. Um, and I was like very distracted. I was like, you know what? I need to go just get a real job. I need to go work at Chick-fil-A or something. Like, I just need to go and do my part. And Steve and I spent a day talking about it, and I prayed about it, and we just we just came to the conclusion that, like, no, you are to follow God wholeheartedly. And guess what? If we're meant to live in, by, you know, with pennies, then that's how we're meant to live. And that's actually very freeing even though I know that sounds crazy. And if God blesses the ministry and we're able to, you know, have some extra income, praise the Lord. But life is not about how much money I make. It is about serving him and building his kingdom. And I'm not telling you all that to make it sound like, oh, I'm, you know, I have all this faith. I'm telling you that to be real and tell you that I struggle with that sometimes. And I'm like, Lord, I just need to go get a job. You know, like I'm just being honest. It's not easy to live a life where you know you're wholeheartedly following God and the world is telling you, well, you should be doing these other things. 
you know, you should have uh, more money in the bank account or you should be able to not struggle. Well, you know what? And by no means are we like not being able to put food on the table. I'm not trying to make it sound like that. Um, but, you know, putting kids through college, it is no joke. <laughs> But we just live by faith. We have never been the type of family to be ahead. Like, we're just not. And I honestly believe that's where God wants us. Like, that's just how it is. And we're comfortable and, you know, maybe a little less comfortable now that we have kids in college. But it's it's where God wants us. So I'm telling you all that to show you about maybe you can relate to that distraction. You're you're wholeheartedly following God. You know, that's that's a picture of, you know, Peter walking on water. I'm like, yeah, I love the ministry. I love homeschooling. I love being a housewife. Oh, wait, let me, you know, take my eyes off of Jesus. Look at the wind and the storms and the bills surrounding me and say, <gasps> you know, I need to do something else. Now, I will also tell you 100% wholeheartedly, if God was really leading me and showing me, like Karen, give it up, give up the dream of ministry and being home and go work at Chick-fil-A, I 100% would absolutely do that. I absolutely would do that in a heartbeat. But God, Steve and I, like I said, we, we put our eyes back on him. We sat at his feet. We sat at his feet and we, we know that he's saying, just choose me. Just choose me. Don't choose the world. Oh, what's that song? Give me Jesus, right? You can have all this world. Just give me Jesus. That's what he's saying. Just choose me. Stop living so distracted. Don't be distracted by money. Don't be distracted by health. Don't be distracted by worry. Definitely don't be distracted by the internet. Get in my word. Follow me. Live for me. And everything else I will take care of. I'm God. When we're distracted and we're worried, we're putting ourselves in God's place because we're like, Maybe I better, you know, do do this or maybe I better worry about that and how that's going to turn out. That's that's prideful. That's saying I don't trust the Lord, the one who created the universe, the one who created me. I don't trust him. I better do do it my way. No, he wants us to follow him wholeheartedly. The key to living without distraction is to follow him wholeheartedly. I would encourage you this week. I'm going to give you homework. Number 1, write that term down wholeheartedly and post it everywhere. So when you start to get distracted, you can remember who you're following. And number two, I want you to look up in your Bible, wholeheart or wholeheartedly, that phrase, and see how many times it's mentioned and where it's mentioned. And let the Lord teach you what he has to say about living wholeheartedly. Don't just listen to what I have to say because I'm not God. Listen to him. My mission always here is to point you to Jesus, not my opinion, not what I think, but what he says. And so I want to encourage you to look up, you know, as many places in your Bible as you can find and see what the Lord has to say about living wholeheartedly for him. And then you won't be living so distracted anymore. So I hope this encouraged you. If you enjoyed this message, you can do the ministry a great favor just by sharing it, sharing it on your social media, sharing it with your friends. You know, there's enough junk out there that we're sharing. Let's share something good. That's always my intention is there's so much, you know, negativity and junk out there that I just want to share Jesus. And so sharing this, um, uh, message if it encouraged you would be great also come and join us in the simply living for him online community we are studying psalm 119 you can jump in at any time plus i've taught four other bible studies or 
is it three? Three other Bible studies so far. This is the fourth. And you can also have access to all of those Bible studies that I've taught. There's videos, there's worksheets. You can completely do them at your own pace. Besides, there's amazing fellowship. The community is like my own little, I want to say Facebook, but don't think about Facebook because, you know, it's not... uh, It's not a negative social media. It's like my own little place, though, where women come and hang out and they can post and ask questions. And then within the community, there's different groups for Bible studies. We do scripture writing every month. We do scripture memorization every month. We have a prayer group. We have different groups to recommend books and resources and fellowship and things like that. Um, So come on over. We have a thousand, almost a thousand women. We have never had one ounce of negativity or drama. It's that edifying it really is like there has never been and I moderate everything like I'm on every discussion so there's nothing I have ever seen has been negative or an issue which I think that says something about women who want to follow Jesus and they're not distracted because when you come into the community there's no distractions it's not like Facebook there's no ads there's no um you know other people in there and negative stuff it's all women following Jesus so it's a beautiful place and like I said without any drama or negativity that is a fruit of this you know that is a fruit um an evidence that the spirit works in there and when women are undistracted they can move mountains um and they can truly be beautiful i love it it's a wonderful place also my new book the simple homeschool journey is available on amazon it's been getting great reviews i would love it if you would go check it out if you're a homeschooler i am detailing our entire journey from kindergarten to sending my daughter off to college so i would love for you to check that out Um, Also, my uh, Simply Living for Him devotional would make a great Christmas gift. Um, If you want to give a meaningful gift this year, you know, 2020, we need some encouragement. It's a really um, unique devotional in that it's designed for you to spend a lot of time with the Lord. It's 400 pages. So you can go check that out. Those are available on Amazon. So I am so appreciative to all of you. Thank you for listening. Share this if it encourages you. And until the next time, I wish you blessings and joy.